It's Halloween. You know what that means. Old Sawtooth Jack is gonna rise from the cornfields. It's gotta be stopped. Kill or be killed. You've all heard the stories. We failed at our duties. And that black dust destroyed our crops, our lives. It must die. So we can live. Your sacred duty is to take down Sawtooth Jack before that church bell rings at midnight. You really think that's real? I saw it. It's real. You saw it? Did you kill it? Then let's go kill it. You should do it. You know I'm not allowed. Just because your brother won the run last year? I got an idea. If that thing isn't dead by midnight, this whole town is going straight to hell! I want to go home. I want to go home. You think you're special. Why are you doing this? If you're born in this town, you're cursed. I'm ending this. Tonight. It ain't over. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts. This is Mike, and joining me as always, it's Mr. Venom. What's up, Venom? What's going on? Greetings and salutations, trick-or-treaters. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well, Mike. How the hell are you doing on this fine Saturday before Halloween? <laughs> pretty good, actually. It's uh, I got a lot of time to relax today. The wife and the kids were out of the house, so... Uh, it's kind of been one of the rare days where I'm just kind of chilling at home, watching uh, movies. I actually put Beetlejuice on pause to come record since we <laughs> ended up coming a little earlier than originally planned, which is better, though. I- I'm glad. So uh, I better introduce Don now. So what's up, Don? Yeah, what's going on? I'm always happy to be here. <laughs> All right, cool. So even though uh, if you're listening to this, I'm guessing it's – either Halloween or just after Halloween. Um, So it's kind of cool, I guess, that the movie we're doing has uh, some Halloween flavor to it. Uh, There's actually probably, if if everything goes as planned, there's another episode that we've recorded uh, in the meantime of you listening to this, which will be Five Nights Nights at Freddy's. So, uh, yeah. I know we usually say at the end of the show, but... I don't know why I felt compelled to say it now, but today we're covering uh, Dark Harvest, and uh, this one's kind of been floating around VOD. Uh, I've heard some positive things on it going into this. You know, not a ton of people have watched it. It's just been out for I think a couple weeks, so we had uh, a gap where we could cover something non-theatrical. So this is what we decided on. I mean, there was a lot of choices, people, since since we've been in the theater a lot the last like month, month and a half. VOD kind of piled up on us, so uh, we just went with this one. So I'll take the synopsis off IMDb. In a small midwestern town, a deadly annual rite or excuse me, ritual unfolds when the mythical nightmare Sawtooth Jack 
rises from the cornfields and challenges the town's teenage boys in a bloody battle of survival. Hey, it would have been good All if right. we had Edison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a little of a advanced preview for Dawn, so uh, let me kick it to Venom for his general thoughts on Dark Harvest. I actually had a really good time with this movie. Um, this movie does not reinvent the wheel by any stretch of the imagination. You know, it's a, it's a, a Halloween curse that affects a small town every year. We've seen it before. We'll see it again. Um, you know, uh, the performances aren't anything special. I'm not going to say that anybody, you know, made me cringe with any line deliveries necessarily, but I thought the performances were uh, passable, at least, at the very least. Um, I enjoyed the, uh, the basic backstory of this one. Again, like I said, it's, you know, it's just a Halloween curse that affects this town, but I do like that it's a little bit different, uh, in this one. Um, I, I like the, the, the kind of role reversal in this one. In, in most supernatural thrillers like this, you have a mythical creature kind of tormenting a town and stalking them. But I thought it was actually really refreshing to see it the other way around. Now, granted, the movie eventually does devolve to its standard slasher tropes, but it starts out with the town actually hunting you know, Sawtooth Jack, which I thought it just, you know, it was different. It was, it was a good start to the film. Now where the film goes from there, obviously it's, it's going to be up to the viewer. I've, I've heard equal good things and equal bad things about this one. Some people calling it derivative, massive plot holes. Um, and, and I'm not going to argue with any of that. The movie does have massive plot holes, especially when you're done with it. Uh, it leaves you with a couple of questions like how did how just how does this happen in general, you know, and how is no one able to, you know, figure out this thing until Halloween, uh, you know, when you've got the whole year to kind of think about it. And but uh, again, the town doesn't really care about Sawtooth Jack other than Halloween night, because that's when he makes his appearance. So um, one place where this movie shines is in its kills. I loved some of these kills. I'm, I'm a big fan of head trauma. <laughs> That's a weird thing to say, but when it comes to my horror films, I am always a big fan of head trauma. And this movie does not hold back. I mean, we, we get, uh, decapitations. We get half decapitations, you know, where only the top half of the head comes off. We've got split heads lengthwise. I mean, yeah, we've got a lot of head trauma in this movie, which, like I said, I'm always down for. One thing I am going to praise the movie for is that this movie is set in 1963, and the whole movie only has one black character in it, but they don't lean on racism in this movie, and I just I absolutely appreciate that. As a minority myself, I just don't need to see any more, you know, um, 50s and 60s set movies where they treat minorities like absolute garbage. So even though this is 1963, somewhere in the Midwest, uh, you know, there's very little racism in here towards our one black character in this town. And since she does turn out to be a fairly important character in this uh, story, I, I just genuinely appreciated that. Um, there's little homages in the film that I absolutely loved. Um, you know, savvy fans are going to notice the Misfits masks. Uh, very early in the movie, during the first act, you're going to see a gang of four kids with all four misfit masks on. And then, if 
to, to really, really hardcore Misfit fans, you're actually going to hear some song lyrics as spoken dialogue in the movie, uh, which is just really out there. Like, David Slade must be a Misfits fan, because there, there was just more Misfits Easter eggs in here uh, than, you know, is really necessary. But it's great to see the masks. It was great to see the little homages here and there. Um, it, it's a quick 90-minute watch. You know, the run. it, it definitely doesn't outstay its welcome. Um, like I said, this isn't a 10 out of 10 by any stretch of the imagination, not at all. But if you're looking for a, a decent turn-off-your-brain creature feature, and I definitely do do mean turn-off-your-brain, because uh, the twist in this movie isn't ultra-hard to pick out. I think most really savvy hardcore horror fans are probably going to figure out sometime in either the late second act or early third act as to what exactly is going on and who Sawtooth Jack is. Um, so, like I said, just don't think about it. Just enjoy the ride that the director wants you to go on. Like I said, it's not going to be for everyone. I, I've already seen some negative reviews for it. Um, I've heard people call the writing sloppy, um, just kind of a, a weird, wobbly kind of arc for all the characters in this movie. Just, you know, I, I've heard all the negative comments, and I don't necessarily disagree with any of them. All I'm going to say is I had an absolute blast with this movie. Every time another head got chopped in half, I had an ear-to-ear -ear grin on my face. I love Sawtooth Jack's um, creature design, and when you actually get the twist of who Sawtooth Jack is, the creature design totally makes sense and it looks great so I'm, I'm very down there obviously you know it is a modern kind of indie horror so you are going to have to deal with some cg unfortunately sawtooth jack as a character is kind of a combination of practical with uh, cg enhancements throughout so you know th there's a little bit of that that you're going to have to deal with if you're not a fan of cgi then you know maybe this isn't the movie for you but ultimately, I don't think the CG is all that terrible. I mean, there was maybe one scene of fire that I thought looked kind of fake, but ultimately, you know, it was just one quick scene, so it's not too bad. So, yeah, all in all, this is a nice little movie. You know, this is like the little movie that could. Um, it was entertaining. I, I love the ending. I, I loved everywhere it went. I would have liked to have seen maybe the main character make a different choice here and there, especially after he figured out what was happening. It kind of bothered me that he still did what he did at the end, even though he knew what was waiting, uh, you know, for him, let, let's just say for now. So, yeah, there's some character decisions that are going to leave you scratching your head. But like I said, ultimately, this is a fun creature feature. It's a good just turn off your brain. Don't think about it too hard. Enjoy this cool creature who's going around just destroying these high school kids. That's another great thing is all the victims are high school kids. So at least this movie isn't scared to kill off some underage characters, which I'm always down for. So I would say this is a solid new Halloween movie for the year. I would say this is probably going to be a fun one to watch with friends. Uh, as Mike said, this episode's probably going to be out on Halloween or after, so uh, I'm sorry to those of you that will end up missing it for the Halloween season, but, you know, check it out in November. It's still a solid film. It's fun. Some decent kills, a pretty good score, decent editing, good cinematography. Just overall, the movie is solid. I'm not going to say that it does anything exceptional, 
But it's a good, solid film. I had fun with it. I think most people are going to have fun with it. Like I said, if you go into it with that mindset that it's just a silly creature feature, like I said, turn off your brain. Don't overthink it. Don't try to figure out the mystery because you're probably going to figure it out, and then it might ruin, like, the whole third act for you. So, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. I had a really good time with it. I recommend it. Okay, let's move it on over to Don. What are your general thoughts on Dark Harvest? All right. Uh, for me, this was uh, several shades above a dumpster fire. And those several shades are basically the production value of this. It it looks great. I, I really love the small town atmosphere, the Halloween set, tra- uh, you know, traditions and all the decorations that were strewn about. Looks fantastic. The preacher looks good. All of the, you know, kills when we get them are, you know, fantastically rendered. And everything about it in that sense works for me. But, oh, geez, everything else about this one just turned me off to no end. The the characters are just not interesting. We spend, you know, half an hour dealing with this BS high school rivalry that I don't give a crap about. None of the rules about this entire town are explained nothing makes sense why anybody even puts up with this thing you know they never explain it they just tell you that they're forced into this whole ritual with this being and then you have to deal with it without explaining why none of that is really interesting i found the fact that there's only two or three scenes with kills in this to be really lackluster there's not enough on screen, and then one potential scene is a huge missed opportunity because we see the startings of it, but it's all off screen, and then you never hear anything else about it afterwards. And the setup makes me think that, okay, well, here we go. We're finally going to be redeeming this thing. And they start it, and then they end it without actually following through. So that really ticked me off. And then we come to the ending, which I I don't know how far I want to get into this without spoiling it. Let's just say I was already in a fell mood, and this thing did no favors for me. So, yeah, there there's massive plot holes left in this. There's a, a really unsatisfying ending that I didn't guess early on. It, it I I will admit I did come up with the idea that it was plausible. But then I kind of wrote it off and saying, yeah, no, they're not going to go there. So I, I did come up with it, but I kind of dismissed it almost just as quickly. So that, that did affect my, you know, thing where it was like, okay, crap, they did go back to that. Damn it. You know, like, I, I don't know whether or not to praise the film for tricking me out of it or mad at myself for guessing the ending and then talking myself out of it so i i don't know where that makes me stand on it but yeah i i don't know about this one um i'm hearing people call it a modern day classic there's dozens of films i can think of that's better i've seen 10 films this week that are better than this so I, i i don't know where anybody's coming with that but yeah this one just didn't work for me um there there's very little about it that i i found intriguing yeah, it's full of homages. Yeah, it's got a lot of, you know, callbacks and in-jokes and stuff like that, and I couldn't give a crap. Yeah, there, for me, there, there's just very little to this that worked. And, yeah, I, I, I think the technical qualities are the only thing that saves it. So, 
Yeah, I, I guess, you know, at the sake of sounding, of spoiling everything, because that's kind of where a lot of my issues with it fall, um, I'm pretty much just going to leave it there for now. Okay. Well, we kind of have polar opposite uh, reactions to the movie so far. So I'm going to come in and say I'm somewhere in the middle of both of you guys because I liked it. I mean, I liked the movie, but I was expecting a little more based on, like, what I was hearing. But um, like Don said, like, people call it, like, a modern classic. Uh, I would stop way short of a modern classic. But I also didn't dislike it as much as Dawn. I thought it was fine. It, it, it was interesting. Um, I like. I did enjoy that they were trying to build like a somewhat original lore. I guess. I mean, it's not a completely original story, but um, I, I liked the time period setting. I liked the small town. Um, I tend to like uh, movies where there's something going on. The whole town knows, and the you know the young characters or the outsiders or whoever happens to be is trying to figure out what's going on during the movie the twist i mean was it the toughest twist to to figure out without really actively seeking to figure out probably not but like i say it like i don't know when i saw it i was like okay this is this was fine it, it was but i don't it's not like a high priority rewatch like an annual rewatch um i i think if anything, they released it at the right time of the year because we do get some Halloween. Uh, uh, well, what, what setting? I, I don't. That's not the word I was looking for. Maybe Probably aesthetic atmosphere. going on there. Yeah, yeah, atmosphere, aesthetic. Uh, so that's that's nice. Uh, that that's always kind of what you look for in movies that release at this time of the year. Let's see if they can, and even if it's not like. 100% about the holiday itself. It's it's kind of nice to have it set during that time. Um, so I think it's a success there. And I think Don also did say that the movie like looks really good. Like probably for like a lower budget movie, I thought the cinematography was good. It looked like they knew what they were doing making this film. Um, but yeah, as far as the story goes and the twist and all that, I, I thought it was fine. It, it wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. It was just kind of like middle of the road. Um, what else can I say? I, I don't know. That's kind of it because both you guys said stuff I agree with, so it's almost like it's a mix of like the good and the bad that I've heard. So that's kind of why I come in like in the middle of you guys. So I'll leave it there. Man, it's too bad. I, I, I was actually convinced that we were going to be a little bit more of a consensus on this one just, just because of how much fun I had with it. Like I said, I, I was on board right from the beginning I mean, in the first five minutes of the movie, they set a fucking high school kid on fire. So already I'm, I got a smile on my face. Um, like I said, uh, nice uh, pacing. I mean, there is a little bit of a lull uh, throughout the majority of the first act because you get the cold open. And then after that, it's all just set up for Halloween night and, you know, what's about to happen and blah, blah, blah. And all the different kids who either do or do not want to be part of the Halloween night run, as they call it in the movie. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It it, just, it really, really worked for me. I, I actually was okay with these characters. Um, I like the fact that the kids, that the, the, the main kids that we follow 
are wearing those misfit masks and they kind of are the misfits of the town. Like the jocks don't like them. The preps don't like them. You know, they're kind of like the greasers, if you will, to use an outsider's term. Uh, They're kind of like the greasers of the town, you know, the leather jackets and the, you know, the cool cars, blah, blah, blah. Not that they really had any cars in the movie, but just as an example. Um, Yeah. I, I, I was on board for that. Some of the characters, like the bully characters, again, they're bullies, and bullies don't do a whole hell of a lot for me. Um, I, I have no idea, though, why these bullies just decided to go after the brother of the champion from the year before, because it seems like, uh, you know, these kids kind of become legends. You know, after, after you watch the first act of the film, it's like, geez, these, these kids are like, you know, they're given a Corvette, a check for $25,000 in 1963. $25,000. That's okay. It's probably enough to buy a house. Um, on top of the fact that the parents of the winning player get a house from the, uh, what is it? What did they call it? The harvest committee of that town. So, and obviously once you hear harvest committee, you know that there's something nefarious going on. Like, you know, when a group of people like that are in charge of, you know, what is basically a, a hunt, you know, almost like a purge style hunt. But instead of instead of, you know, all crime being legal, it's just all crime against this one character is legal. You know, they're they're out to kill him. They're out to destroy him. They're out to eat his insides, which if you don't understand why, we'll get into that during the walkthrough. Um, I even like the way that they utilize that because like the setup, you know, the, the three days before Halloween, the way that they prep those boys to get ready for the run, I also enjoyed that. I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, that's fucking brilliant. You know, you, you you starve these kids for three days, and then you tell them to go after this monster that's filled with candy. I mean, they're going to be motivated to get that damn candy. So, you know, that that kind they're of they're going to be for- too weak to do it. Uh, potentially, yes. I mean, because they are they are kept from water, from food and water, and. The human body without water for 72 hours. Yeah, I can't imagine those kids. The only thing I could figure is that they're 17 years old. So obviously if my old ass goes three days without water, I'm not running up and down the street screaming for Sawtooth Jack. But maybe 17-year-olds, you know, that metabolism of theirs, um, you know, I, I don't even remember 17 at this point. So I don't want to speculate too much on that one. Um, but like I said, the setup worked for me. Um are there a lot of kills? No, there there really aren't that many kills. There's there's kind of one big scene where Sawtooth kind of goes on a little bit of a spree in the cornfields. And then after that, it's like just maybe one or two more here and there. Um, and then the culmination of the story, you know, after we're past all the supernatural stuff and it's just down to like the town and their history and what they're doing. Again, I can see how it doesn't work for some people, but for me... Like I said, I thought it worked. Um, I'm not going to say this is going to be an annual watch for me, not by any stretch, but I do see myself watching this, you know, more and more over the years. Maybe every two, three years I might pop this in because, like I said, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this more than most of the newer Halloween movies that we've gotten over the past couple of years. I mean, you know, stuff like Terrifier and Terrifier 2 notwithstanding, but I'm talking about stuff like Haunt and Candy Corn and, you know, some of the newer Halloween movies that we've gotten over the last five, six, seven years. I I actually really like this one. Um, Obviously, this one is not grounded in reality by any stretch of the imagination. It's definitely a very over-the-top supernatural 
slasher type film, um, you know, with with a a human, a, a kind of a nefarious human element behind the scenes um, that we never really get introduced to. That's one of the things that maybe I was a little disappointed in this movie is throughout the entire movie, they're talking about the Harvest Committee, the Harvest Committee. You know, the Harvest Committee did, does this, the Harvest Committee does that. But then we never see the Harvest committee so that was a little disappointing maybe i don't know if that's something they're saving for the sequel because i can't imagine this movie won't get a sequel though considering the way they left it this town might be screwed um which again we'll kind of get into uh in the walkthrough should be a fairly quick walkthrough with this one like i said uh, nothing too ultra original here but um yeah, I, it's upsetting. I, I'm sorry that you guys didn't enjoy it as much as I did because I, I had a blast with it. I, I, you know, it's not The Exorcist. I'm not sitting here calling it a great movie or even the best movie I've seen this week, not by any stretch. But for what it is, um, I, I absolutely enjoyed it. I'm a big fan of David Slade, though. I really like this director. Don't forget, I mean, David Slade has done Hard Candy, 30 Days a Night, um, Black Mirror, Bandersnatch, like a... a bunch of movies that I really, really enjoyed. I mean, 30 Days a Night is still a top five vampire movie, in my opinion. My personal opinion, I understand. So um, I'm on board for David Slade. And when I saw his name on this, I was mildly excited. I mean, you know, uh, I, I wasn't expecting a horror classic by any stretch. And, and I agree, the people that are calling this a modern day classic, that might be a little bit of a reach. You know, let's wait and see how this thing ages for the next, like, three to five years before we start throwing titles like, you know, modern classic around. Because, yeah, it may be the best movie that a lot of people have seen this week or even this month. But is it going to hold water, you know, many years from now? Are people going to return to it every Halloween the way they do with, like, a Terrifier and, you know, kind of some of those uh, Halloween films? Who knows? Let's revisit this in May when it's not the proper season. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I can I can pretty much spoil it, spoil it right now and say I'm probably still going to enjoy it. Uh, I did get a chance to watch this twice. Um, since it's only 90 minutes, I actually watched it once without taking notes, just kind of enjoying the ride. And then literally as soon as it was done, I watched it again, but this time taking notes and, you know, writing down questions and things that I had about the movie. But um, it was good enough for me to watch twice in a row, so that, that's got to say something because uh, we've watched a lot of movies, a lot of movies this year that I will never watch again. <laughs> but so to be able to watch it twice in a row and still enjoy it on that second watch, admittedly, it's better on the first watch when you don't really know everything that's going on, because the second watch ends up being a little bit more of a head scratcher, like you know. Like, kind of like Don was saying, like with, with some of these plot holes, it just it definitely kind of leaves something to be desired. But at the same time, it didn't necessarily ruin the second watch for me. So I guess uh, if you guys don't have anything else, we can go ahead and go into our quick little walkthrough. Yeah, I don't have much. I mean, like I said, most of my stuff was spoiler filled. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so. I'm good. Awesome. All right. So our movie opens up with just some shots of a cornfield at night and we hear a voice, uh, a narrator kind of just going through a cryptic monologue about the town and about Halloween. I don't remember much about what he said there, but it was, you know, just kind of your basic cryptic narration at the start of a horror film. 
Um, and then what we see is uh, we see a bunch of boys. Uh, we're told that it's Halloween 1962 when the movie starts. So what we see is a bunch of high school boys, you know, 17, 18-year-old boys, just kind of running around the streets looking for something. We're not 100% sure what they're looking for. Then finally we hear someone mention Sawtooth Jack and that that's, um, you know, a legend in this town that, you know, this town has believed in for many, many years. Uh, and then we're introduced to this one character, Jim, who looks like he's, you know, an athlete. He's got a letter jacket on. He He's one of those, you know, captain of the football team type uh, people, you know, very popular at school. And eventually he has an interaction with Sawtooth Jack right in front of the church. Uh, basically, let's go over the rules first. Basically, what happens is uh, this town has a legend that every Halloween, Sawtooth Jack rises from the cornfield. And that the the high school boys, I don't know if it's specifically the seniors, because they all did look older. Like, I didn't see any freshman age kids there. So let's just say for sake of argument, all the high school seniors of this town on Halloween night hunt down Sawtooth Jack. And basically when someone finally kills Sawtooth Jack, they, they reach into his chest, his chest cavity, which for some reason is filled with candy. Um, they basically take it out, they eat it. The person who kills Sawtooth Jack gets the first dibs, he eats some candy, and then all the other boys uh, basically just maraud the, the dead body, just tearing it apart, uh, just eating all of the candy inside. I mean, it, it almost looked cannibalistic at times. Like, it looked like a, almost like a zombie movie with this these just um, almost animalistic high school boys just tearing this character apart and eating its insides, so... That's the story of Sawtooth Jack. At least that's what you need to know right now. So, like I said, uh, with this character Jim, uh, he ends up having an uh, uh, altercation with Sawtooth Jack right in front of the church. Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, Sawtooth, the whole point is that Sawtooth Jack is trying to get to the church by midnight Halloween night. So the boys have to stop him. They have to kill him before he gets to the church. Why do they have to do this? Uh, uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. We don't actually know that just yet in the film. We will find out in a little bit. So, like I said, uh, Jim has beaten Sawtooth Jack on this night, Halloween 1962. All the kids, uh, all the other boys, once they're done eating their share of Sawtooth Jack, they start cheering, Jim's the winner, Jim's the winner. And then we're transported to, like, a high school gym where it looks like we're having, like, a Halloween night dance. And at the Halloween night dance, uh, they call it the midnight dance. So I guess they have it after midnight on Halloween night, you know, after Sawtooth Jack has been dispatched. And uh, basically, you know, it's just a high school gym. It looks like almost like a prom, but it's a Halloween midnight dance. At the dance, they present the winner with a check for $25,000. They present his parents with a new starter home, like one of those uh, prefab houses that were really popular in the 60s in middle America. And and then the last gift is they give the winner a, a brand new Corvette. It's free of charge. They hand him the keys. They're like, here you go. Here's your Corvette. So after they give Jim his Corvette, we see him jump into the Corvette. He has a quick interaction with his younger brother, 
And his younger brother basically says, take me with you. I don't want to stay in this town anymore. But, of course, the winner is, I guess the winner is, is, is expected to leave at least the dance area with their car. And, like I said, it's Halloween night, so... I don't, I don't, see, this is one of the plot holes that it kind of leaves you with. It's like, if these are high school seniors and then this one kid wins the contest and leaves town, that means he doesn't graduate high school, right? <laughs> like, that was, that yeah. was in my brain. <laughs> that was one of the conflicts I had because, like, in one way, I think it's cool what happens, but in the other, that's like, the more you think of it, you're like, well, wait a minute, in order for this to happen, it would be like, a major disruption and people just kind of like, oh, act like the guy just leaving is normal. Like, huh? Yeah. I mean, and, the whole town is cheering for him as he leaves. So, yeah. Like I said, especially since you never, especially since you never really get any, you know, I mean, yeah, you don't really get any scenes afterwards, but it's not like, okay, well, you know, now what did he graduate? You know, is this like an automatic graduation? Does he get his diploma or anything like that? Like you never really, get any follow-up to it exactly that's just one of the many plot holes in this movie and yes this movie has a lot of plot holes i'm going to try not to talk about every one because we'll be here forever um so anyway uh jim is given his um corvette and off he rides into the sunset and suddenly it's one it's a year later it's not quite halloween day it's like maybe a week or maybe a little bit less than a week before halloween and now we're seeing Richie, and Richie is Jim's younger brother. He's the kid who wanted to go with Jim after Jim got his Corvette. He is now, um, you know, still here in the town. And uh, basically Jim is looked at as a legend. Like, everybody talks about him. Everybody, you know, he, he's the latest winner of the, you know, the Halloween run. And now, it, it, you know, um, Richie and his parents are now living in their new house, the house that they got the previous year because Jim won the contest. And it just seems like the parents are kind of head over heels um, for Jim. You know, he's kind of the golden child, if you will, whereas Richie, uh, the kid who's still here, you know, he kind of runs with a gang. He wears black leather. You know, he's not a jock like his brother was. So it's kind of set up that he's kind of a disappointment to his parents. They don't seem to really be real interested in talking to him during any scenes that they have together. So, you know, it, it kind of shows where J uh, Richie's mindset is. Since Richie is kind of the black sheep of the family, that's exactly how he's going to act now. Um, about a week or so before Halloween, uh, Richie meets a girl named Kelly, a black girl. Like I said, this is 1963 in the Midwest, yet we don't get a lot of racism. Um, the N-word is not spoken once in this movie, thankfully, because I was expecting to hear it about 18 times, but they, they did not bombard us with that, which I appreciate. And... And uh, this girl, Kelly, she's like the new girl in town. She just got here. She doesn't really know anything about, you know, the local town legends and things like that. So, you know, eventually throughout the movie, she learns what Sawtooth Jack is and why they have to do it. Um, and then throughout this, throughout this part of the movie is where we start to find out a little bit more about Sawtooth Jack. Basically, this is almost like a Wicker Man situation. Uh, if you remember in the Wicker Man um, – the, the the residents of Summer Isle had to do a human sacrifice so that their crops would grow the following season. Same thing here, basically. Um, but instead of a human sacrifice, 
It's Sawtooth Jack. They have to kill Sawtooth Jack before midnight on Halloween, and that means their crops are going to grow plentiful uh, the, the, the following year. Now, they do tell us a story of one year where Sawtooth Jack was not stopped. Apparently, in however long they've been doing this, and ultimately we don't get a true origin, like where all this started, why they do it. I mean, we understand why they do it. It's for their crops. Um, but as far as like an origin of when they started doing this or, you know, anything like that, I don't think we really get too much of that. But we do hear the story about one year where uh, basically a sawtooth was not stopped and he made it to the church before midnight Halloween night. Basically, what ended up happening is that night a dust storm came into town and just destroyed all the crops in, in the town. Um, dur- Obviously, it wasn't right during Halloween because that would be, you know, that would be the harvest. So it probably happened a little bit after when crops started growing the following season. But, yeah, they basically said that out of nowhere one day, black, like a black dust storm hit the town and just destroyed all the crops. It didn't seem to kill any residents. Like most of the residents, I guess, just stayed in their homes safe. But the crops were destroyed. You know, there was a lot of property damage, blah, 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 blah. So, after that, the town made it a point that we can't ever let Sawtooth Jack make it to the, you know, the church again by midnight. So, hence why we're doing this. Now, J- uh, Richie, the, the main character that we're following, apparently his parents don't want him to do the run. We don't know why. Like I said, it just kind of seems like uh, they just kind of look down at him as not as good as his brother, blah, blah, blah. But obviously there is an ulterior motive that we'll find out about later. Um, eventually it is, um, it's three days before Halloween. And what we see is the parents lock all the boys, all the boys that are going to be going on the, the, the Halloween run, are basically locked in their bedrooms for three days before Halloween. No food, no water, no human contact, nothing. For three days, they are locked in their bedroom. And we, we kind of see a montage in the film of some of the boys trying to break their bedroom doors down. Like after a couple of days of being locked up, they're, they're literally screaming expletives at their parents. One kid is talking about how he's going to kill both of his parents as soon as he gets out. Just, it's actually kind of comical. Um, and then Halloween night hits. Um, I actually didn't introduce our police officer, um, uh, officer Ricks. Um, he's, he's obviously the sheriff of the town, but it almost comes off like he's the only cop. Cause I don't think we ever see another cop in this town. I think we only see, a, we see a dispatcher and we see officer Ricks and that's it. Uh, and Officer Ricks is kind of, he's kind of the guy who's making sure that all the boys actually do go on the run. Because don't forget, people do die on this run. Every year, at least a few people die. A few of the boys are killed by Sawtooth Jack. It's not like the very first boy that gets to him, kills them instantly, and it's over. Um, so obviously some of the boys don't want to do this, you know, that they're fighting with their parents. We see one kid, one mess, one member of Richie's gang run all the way back home. And then his parents don't let him in the house. They're like, no, get out there and do what you need to do. Obviously, you know, the parents want the new house. Most of the boys want the Corvette and the money, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, uh, it's Halloween night. The boys are all running around. What we see is we go back to the uh, the cornfield where everything starts, and we see a farmer. 
he's just called the farmer in the credits. So basically he is a farmer and he basically, he grabs a gourd, like a pumpkin, but one of those white pumpkins, I think they call it a gourd. And uh, basically he puts it on a scarecrow that's in the, um, that's in the, the, the cornfield. And then uh, on Halloween night, as soon as the sun goes down, the scarecrow comes to life. And that is Sawtooth Jack. And, he, and now, once he is back, it is now the job of all the boys in the town to destroy him and, you know, kill him and everything else. So blah, blah, blah. Eventually, I, I'm skipping a lot here. Uh, basically, and, and by the way, throughout this entire movie, we don't hear about Jim at all, last year's winner. Like, no one's talking about, you know, the great things that he's doing. Like, some people are saying that he went to Northern California, like Santa Clara or whatever, um, which is another homage to another town. <laughs> um, and um, so, obviously, as seasoned horror movie watchers, the gears are turning in our head. Like, where is last year's winner? Why are we not seeing him? Why are we not hearing more about him? I mean, does he literally just leave town and that's it? We never hear from him again. So obviously, you know, uh, the question marks start kind of coming in. Um, mm -hmm. At one point in the movie, we have um, a scene where Richie is attacked by some bullies, some jocks, you know, a couple of jocks uh, wearing letter jackets, you know, athletes at the high school. And they basically, they attack Richie. I don't know why. They just don't seem to like Richie very much for some reason. Um for, I, don't, I don't know if they're jealous because, you know, his parents got the house the year before and his brother is now like a, a local hero, blah, blah, blah. But for whatever reason, they're giving Richie some crap. And at one point they try, they steal Richie's uh, belt, his belt, which has a really cool like decorative belt buckle on it. Um, so the evening of Halloween, when people are going around, you know, trying to find Sawtooth Jack, Richie ends up having uh, a face-to-face -face with Sawtooth Jack, and then he looks down at Sawtooth Jack's waist, and he sees a very familiar belt buckle. It is, it's the mm -hmm. same belt buckle that Richie had taken from him earlier. Now, Richie had already reacquired his belt, so it's not like that's literally the belt that got taken away from Richie. That is the belt that matches uh, Richie's brother's belt. Hmm, what does that mean? So, as uh, as we continue, uh, eventually Richie has, an, has a face-to-face -face with his mother, where he basically tells her, or asks her, what is going on? You're not telling me the truth about Sawtooth Jack. Uh, at this point, Rich, uh, Richie's mom is very drunk. She's wasted. And, you know, she's basically trying to, you know... Uh, change the subject, you know, deflect the conversation, deflect the questions. Eventually, she's standing in front of the mirror with Richie kind of screaming at her, tell me where Jim is, tell me where my brother is. Eventually, he's able to get it out from his mother that Jim never wrote him any of the letters or postcards that he had been sending over the last year. It was actually Richie's mother who was writing those. And I think at this point, most savvy horror fans already know why. But later on, we do get confirmation from uh, Officer Ricks in a conversation that he's having with Jim and Richie's father, where basically the, the entire town knows what happens. Basically, the winner of the run, the person who kills Sawtooth Jack um, one year, 
basically becomes Sawtooth Jack the following year. And it's just a long chain of winners, winners after winners after winners, basically, you know, just killing each other, saving the town's crops. You know, like I said, very similar to the Wicker Man, maybe without the cult aspect, even though I would say that the, uh, the Harvest Committee is kind of a cult when you look at it. Um, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, we, we never meet the Harvest Committee. We just hear stories about them. Uh, so eventually... Uh, you know, the story continues, you know, we see, you know, people die, you know, we, we <laughs> my favorite kill in this movie actually has nothing to do with Sawtooth Jack, and it made me laugh my ass off both times that I saw it. Uh, basically, uh, during the evening of Halloween, you know, the boys are all, you know, they're all, you know, they got their chest puffed up and they're like, oh, I'm going to kill Jack. No one's going to get him but me. I'm going to get him. And there's this one jock who's basically taunting other people in the run, other boys. Eventually, he walks up to another one of the boys. He's like, I'm going to kill Sawtooth Jack. You got something to say about it? Step up to me. The kid that he's talking to literally just looks at him and says, okay, and buries a fucking machete through his head. He literally splits his head lengthwise all the way down to his neck. And I am laughing my ass off both times. It's such a guilty pleasure kill for me. But, yeah, I love to see people with big mouths get their comeuppance. So definitely kind of a, you know, just – Something that made me happy. I don't know how happy it's going to make other people. Because apparently this night is a little bit closer to the purge. Anybody who's killed on that night, it, the police don't really, you know, press charges or go after the person or anything. Like, literally, we, we see multiple scenes of these boys attacking each other, stabbing <laughs> each other. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny. And the town just kind of moves. The town just kind of moves on from it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And the hey, town, wait the a minute. Just Something like, ain't okay. right. Exactly. Even the other teenagers are kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, we, we see equal parts brave boys who are running around the town, plus maybe some other ones who aren't as brave, who are just trying to hide. We get a great scene, actually, where Sawtooth Jack um, accidentally finds a hiding spot where there's like a half a dozen kids hiding. And it's almost like an underground um, bunker type thing, almost like a bomb shelter. But we don't actually see what Sawtooth Jack does. What we see is we see Sawtooth Jack slowly climb down the stairs into the bunker, and then suddenly a fucking explosion of blood just comes out of the room. It's over the top and wacky, but I, I, I like blood. And, you know, I've talked about raining blood scenes in the past and how much I love them. This, this, and this scene's done in slow motion, too. So you see Sawtooth Jack walk down the stairs in slow motion, and then a slow motion explosion of blood comes out of the bunker. I thought it was great. Um, I, I would have preferred seeing it, but... Oh, no, absolutely. Part, I'm, I'm yeah, right there. The, yeah, it's the part I mentioned earlier about not about being teased. Oh, was, definitely. Yep. Yeah, that's I that was the that was the one I mentioned about being teased. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, when he, when he's walking those down those stairs in slow motion, it's like, oh boy, you know, I, I can totally see Don's face, like, okay, here we go, and then we don't get it. All we get is the explosion of blood, <laughs> which, like I said, not satisfying for some, satisfying for others. So you know, yeah. it's really just a matter. Look of the night I lost, look the night I lost my virginity. <laughs> there you go. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and get to our finale. So at this point, it's later in the evening. 
Sawtooth has already taken, you know, damage from multiple people that have attacked him. He's already killed about a dozen, maybe two dozen kids by this point. Um, you know, we end up seeing the, the police officer, Officer Ricks, and Richie's father, Richie and Jim's father, have an altercation at the church where um, – you know, Richie's Richie's dad doesn't really want to do what he needs to do um, because he knows who Sawtooth Jack is. Sawtooth Jack is his oldest son, Jim. And obviously he doesn't really want to kill Jim, but at the same time he understands it's the town curse. Either we kill him or we have no crops for an entire year. So, you know, it's the give and take, but... Eventually, the dad does grow a pair of balls. Um, he does end up helping, trying to help his son. One of the cool things I liked about the movie, which I know uh, the same amount of people are going to think that it's hokey and roll their eyes at it, but I kind of liked it, was when Jim and, or excuse me, when Richie and Sawtooth Jack had their first interaction, you can kind of tell that Sawtooth recognized Jimmy. He didn't attack him right away. You know, he's kind of tilting his head, looking at him like he recognized him. And then eventually Sawtooth just goes and attacks other people and leaves Richie alone. So there's obviously some recognition there. Uh, what ends up happening is the douchebag bully from earlier in the film ends up being given a gun by Officer Ricks. Now, these kids are not supposed to be using guns. Supposedly, you know, they're, they're, it's kind of uh, they're not supposed to be driving either. Like early in the scene, we see Richie's gang drive off in a truck and people are throwing rocks and bricks at him, calling him cheaters and whatever, because you're supposed to be on foot when you do this. So the Officer Ricks gives the douchebag bully a, co a, a gun, excuse me. <laughs> and then he eventually is able to shoot Sawtooth a couple of times. This is while Richie is actually helping him, which is kind of funny because I, I actually I, I kind of like this because it's 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 almost like Richie giving the town the middle finger. He's actually trying to help Sawtooth get into the church, who is of course his brother, who you know was uh, one the previous year. Um, but. Obviously, the douchebag with the gun wants to kill Jack because, you know, he wants the accolades and the money and everything else. Richie, who also happens to have a gun, a gun that he took off of Officer Ricks earlier in the film, is able to hold off the bully and tell him, you know, don't you touch my brother, you know, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, we see what is kind of a sweet little scene where Sawtooth himself is kind of lying on the ground, almost on the brink of death. And... With Richie holding off the douchebag with the gun, Sawtooth grabs Richie's gun hand and then brings it over and pulls it up against his head. He's basically giving uh, Richie permission to kill him. Um, obviously, you know, who knows what Jim is going through in there, if he's in pain or blah, blah, blah. So obviously he's very okay with letting his brother take him out. And this is what bothers me, because by this point, Richie has already figured out what's happening. He knows that if he kills Sawtooth, he is Sawtooth Jack next year. He doesn't know how. We're not told exactly how that happens yet. But he understands. He already knows the twist. He knows the reveal. And he still, as a mercy kill, basically does end up shooting his brother. Um Obviously, because it's his brother, he doesn't end up eating any of the insides of, of uh, Sawtooth Jack. But then the other kids, you know, the, the other boys who are in the general area, 
They see Richie shoot him. They start chanting the same chant. Richie's the winner. Richie's the winner. And, you know, they start attacking Sawtooth's body and, you know, pulling out the candy and innards and everything else in there. So, at this point, we go to our midnight dance. And Richie's there. He's obviously not happy. He kind of knows what's happening. I I skip completely the romance that's kind of developing between Richie and Kelly. You guys know I'm not a big fan of forced romances in my horror films. But, you know, this one wasn't forced down my throat by any stretch. Um, It's actually kind of subdued. Uh, But, yeah, uh, eventually they develop a a, a romance. Richie, after Richie kills uh, Sawtooth, he basically tells Kelly, meet me at the crossroads. I'll pick you up, you know, after I get my Corvette and we're going to leave town. He thinks that he'll just be able to leave town, which will basically fuck this town over because then there, there won't be a Sawtooth Jack next year. But obviously, as he's leaving town, um, Officer Ricks has uh, a roadblock. He basically has like a tractor or something blocking the only main road leaving the town. Officer Ricks shows up. Um, he doesn't notice that Kelly is in the car with him. Kelly kind of ducks her head down so that the officer doesn't see her. Um, but the officer has uh, Richie come out of the car. Basically, he goes into a spiel about how, you know, I I don't like doing this, Um, you know, for whatever it's worth. I do have a lot of respect for you. You know, you did what you needed to do, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm going to have to kill you. Eventually, Richie is able to get the upper hand and he kind of gets away from the police officer and he he runs into the cornfield. The officer gives chase, obviously. They're both in the cornfield. Eventually, um, they corner him. They get to the cross, basically the uh, the pillar where uh, Sawtooth is, uh, um, you know, before Halloween. And they have a little bit of an interaction there. But Officer Ricks doesn't realize that Richie is armed at this point. He still has the gun that he took from him earlier in the film. So, of course, Richie is able to pull out the gun. He's able to shoot Officer Ricks twice, once in the chest, once in the head, basically killing him. And then Richie does the one thing that I preach against in every fucking horror movie that's ever existed. Don't drop your weapon. I understand you killed the cop, but that doesn't mean that's the only threat in this town. As soon as Richie drops the gun... Our farmer shows up, hits him in the head with a shovel, with a goddamn shovel, knocks him out cold, and we see that there is a uh, a shallow grave dug, pre-dug, right next to the, the stand where the scarecrow would go. Uh, we see the farmer uh, throw Richie's unconscious body into the shallow grave. He starts burying Richie. Richie eventually does come to. He wakes up. But at that point, he's almost completely buried, like his head is the only thing um, not completely buried in dirt. Uh, The farmer just continues to bury him until he's completely covered. And basically, Richie has now been buried, um, and he will be the next Sawtooth. Uh, Officer Ricks obviously is dead. The farmer, after burying uh, Richie's body, just leaves. He doesn't go back to the road. Uh, We see that Kelly is still in the Corvette. The Corvette with the keys in it are still in the middle of the road. And um, Kelly's just kind of, she understands that Richie has just been killed. Um, Even though she didn't witness it, 
she heard the gunshots and she didn't see anybody come back out of the cornfield. So she understands that Richie's probably gone. At that point, Richie's father shows up and um, tells Kelly, get out of here. Take the car and just go before anybody else gets here. Like I said, we don't see another cop in this town other than Officer Rick. So I don't know if he was the whole police force or not, but um, at the very least, he was the one with the knowledge of, you know, Sawtooth Jack and, you know, the, the legend and everything else, blah, blah, blah. So, so at this point, uh, we fast forward to the following year. It is now Halloween, or it's like the week before Halloween 1964. And we see the farmer once again back at the shallow grave where, where Richie was buried the previous year. We see him pull out uh, Richie's body. Um, which kind of this kind of is the reason why I like Sawtooth's um, creature design, because Sawtooth looks like an emaciated, rotted body. And that's basically because he is because he was buried without a coffin in the ground for an entire year. So obviously, you know, all your flesh, your skin's going to tighten up, your muscles are going to, you know, get thinner. So you're going to look more skeletal. So the creature design, and, and then the fact that they put the gourd on his head before he comes to life, just kind of is the cherry on top. No pun intended. Uh, just for that cool creature design. So like I said, we see the farmer. He's digging up Richie. He puts Richie up on Richie's dead body. He puts up on the post where the scarecrow is. And then we see him put the gourd on Richie's body. But then at that moment, at the, as the farmer is about to leave the scene, Richie's dad shows up and he's got a shotgun with him. And he basically looks at the farmer and says, this has to end we, you know, how can we live with ourselves doing this every year, you know, putting these boys in mortal danger and then pretty much cursing one of their souls, you know, forever. Uh, so eventually dad does shoot the farmer, kills him, uh, literally shoots him right in the chest with a shotgun. <laughs> and then dad decides to cut Richie down from uh, the scarecrow stand. At this point, he is conscious. Uh, saw, the new Sawtooth Jack has now risen, he, but he recognizes his dad. And basically the movie ends with his dad looking at Richie slash Sawtooth and basically tell him, telling him, burn this whole fucking place down. Burn it down to the ground. Fuck this town. And we see Sawtooth look at his dad, give a big old cheesy smile, and then he kind of looks straight up and does like a Godzilla roar <laughs> out into the ether. And that's the end of our movie, so... I kind of like the ending because, like I said, this town is fucked because if Officer Ricks is their only cop in that town, he's the only law that knows, you know, outside of the Harvest Committee, he's the only one who really knows what's going on. And then, and now the farmer's dead. And the farmer is the one who's in charge of burying the body, putting it back up on the post a year later, blah, 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 blah. Now, obviously, the Harvest Committee could probably just hire a new cop and hire a new farmer in the following year. I understand that. But like I said, the fact that Richie kills the farmer on Halloween 1964, if Sawtooth makes it to the church that day before midnight, that town's fucked. They're probably fucked forever because, like I said, yeah. How, you know, that's why I got that. They're basically going to, as he says, burn the whole place down. Exactly. 
And honestly, I'm down for it because this town is just a giant piece of shit. Not to say everybody in it is. Most of them are. But just the fact that, like, the bloodlust that this town shows on Halloween night through their high school boys is just insane. And then the parents all just being okay with it. I mean, like I said, to the point where parents are kicking their kids out of the house and sending them to their death. Uh, we talked about I, I, earlier, I talked about that one kid from Richie's gang, uh, a Mexican kid who actually runs back home. And his parents are like, no, get out of here. Go do what you need to do. <laughs> and of course, that kid promptly gets killed by Sawtooth <laughs> like five minutes later. So that's this is what I mean. The, the complacency of this town and the town's adults with, you know, all of this death that they have to deal with just so that they can get good crops. You know, that's just insane. But there it is. That is Dark Harvest 2023. <laughs> All right. Dark Harvest. Uh, let's, I get, yeah, that's probably going to wrap up our discussion on it, but let's find out where else we can be heard. Venom, we have a Halloween special out, don't we? Yes, we have our our. our what is that, like our third or fourth, maybe even fifth annual Halloween special? I, time is an illusion to me, so I, I tend not to remember how many shows we've done. Uh, but yeah, it's like the fourth or fifth annual Halloween special where, of course, we do a commentary on a Halloween-themed movie. This year, we kind of stretched the Halloween theme a little bit because the movie that we picked starts during the Halloween season, but then it kind of goes past it. So the majority of the film isn't actually during Halloween, but that's okay. Uh, and yeah. we looked at, of course, that movie was Deadly Friend. <laughs> um, all you need to know is basketballs exploding heads. And Fucking West love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, God, Derek, uh, Derek joked around that he wanted to make it a drinking game where every time somebody says BB in the movie, you take a drink. Dude, if you did that, you'd be dead in a half hour. They're, yeah. they're constantly saying BB in this movie. I, yeah, I, we didn't. Yeah. We didn't need a, a deadly uh, commentary where one of us no, no. just passes out of us, drunk blackout. Drunk. That would have been great. All three of us just pass out, and the movie just ends, but we're still recording. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so our uh, annual commentary uh, featuring Deadly Friend is now available. We also have the latest episode of the main show where we. I, believe is that still my episode origami and verses or did we do one since uh, then i can't remember no <laughs> this Wait. is the problem with too, doing too many podcasts is you can't remember yeah. what you did the month before but anyway we do have a main I think that episode. is the latest one yeah so I mean, either way, we do have an episode out. It's like what fifty six or fifty seven, maybe even fifty eight. I don't know. Again, mm -hmm. numbers are an illusion to me. So uh, yeah, latest episode of the main show is out. Check that out. Um, latest episode of Creature Comforts is still episode seventeen, where we look at twenty million miles to Earth. But as soon as the Halloween season is over, we will be uh, coming back for our next episode of Creature Comforts. We already have our movie. Uh, I'm not going to release it here, but. That, that episode should be out. I think we're going to record next weekend, so probably the week after. It'll be ready by the time I get around to editing everything. Um, so look for that, probably second week of November. That'll be episode 18 of Creature Comforts. 
Um, I had a guest spot on Cinema Beef with um, Gary Hill. Originally, the episodes that I did with him were going to be um, Burnt Ends, which is basically like his sidecast where he just does a couple of quick reviews with people. But um, I, I guess because the holiday season kind of got away from Gary, he decided to just put all the reviews into one massive episode. So now instead of the sidecast, it's actually going to be a main episode of um, Cinema Beef where he looks at a series of surf movies, and I was able to join him for two of those movies, Surf 2, The Trilogy Ends, and Surf Nazis Must Die, the classic trauma film from yeah. 1988. And I think that's everything I have. Um, unfortunately, there was a, a series of tragedies in the Cut to the Chase family, so they had to postpone some of their Thrills and Chills uh, episodes, so... They're actually going to be going into November. I don't know if any of us have recorded any of our episodes. I know mine is now nope. postponed into November, so that might be the case with all of us. And um, once that episode does get recorded, we'll be talking about Bordello of Blood on, on my episode. Um, like I said, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, everything goes well with uh, the Cuts of the Chase family, and you know, they're back at, back in action sooner than later. So look out for those episodes, but. If you if you do happen to know Lacey and Dan, please extend your regards because you know they, they literally had two tragedies kind of back to back in the family, which that that that's a lot. One one is bad, but two in a row just totally sucks. So um, it's very obvious why they decided to postpone the rest of the Thrills and Chills episodes um, until November. So look out for that. Obviously, once those are recorded, and I'll I'll uh, let everyone know. But that's pretty much it for me. All right. How about you, John? Uh, yeah. Um, as mentioned, we're uh, in the final stages of uh, the new Creature Comforts, which uh, should be out sooner rather than later. Um, I do have uh, some good news to share. Um, I am on the first episode of a, a new show called Scare Silly which is uh, the new show from uh, my old friends, Bill and Tanya. Uh, they, yeah, they came back together, and they're going to be doing a show looking at underrated horror comedies. So, uh, yeah, they're not going to be doing, uh, you know, what we do in the shadows or Tucker and Dale or, you know, like the obvious ones. They're going to be doing um, under the radar or, like, you know, indie horror comedies and, you know, like hidden gems, stuff that you wouldn't really, you know, think of and uh, they asked me to be on the first show and we looked at 2015's gravy so um yeah that was a fun time uh, getting back together with them so uh it's not out yet but um i think it's supposed to be available sometime around halloween or uh, you know maybe if not just slightly after i i don't know the schedule i mean we're literally recording the first episode so um, I, I don't know how far along uh, it, it is with that, but, um, you know, again, we'll let you know. And um, beyond that, the only other thing I have is uh, Season 2 of Horror Countdown. So, yeah, go ahead and uh, check those out. But uh, I guess that's all for me. All right. Uh, as far as I go, yeah, just the Halloween special commentary, and then, like I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, if you're listening to this, the chances are we've already recorded our next episode, which will be on 
Five Nights at Freddy, which in, which got a, a dual kind of theatrical release and a release on Peacock. Yep, um, that was weird. Yeah, it felt like the quarantine again. <laughs> yeah, I'll be seeing so, it in the theater uh, tomorrow. I'm always I'm yeah. I'll be guy. taking my kid. My kids want to see it in the theater. I asked. Really? Them, wow, I, that's awesome. Yeah, How I gave them an option. Uh, my How oldest will be twelve in January, and my youngest is eight. So. Oh yeah, um, perfect age. Fans. Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, they're big fans of the games, and uh, I know my uh, my mom got them the. Uh, there's like a book series I think they yeah. wrote based on the games, so they have those. So yeah, I, I gave them a choice, um, just in case it was like too much. Because I, you know, even though this is I think PG thirteen, it's probably the most actual horror movie they've watched. I mean, other than like the animated stuff, that's not not right. really meant to be scary. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, they want to go, so I'm taking them tomorrow, um, and then we'll be doing our episode on it. So it's it's made a lot of money so far. I can tell you that. Good. Um, Good. Well, yeah. it's Halloween. I mean, it's literally the weekend before Halloween. Any horror that opens this weekend is probably going to do well. Um, it's a matter of how it yeah, does. It's, it's probably a lot. Of, it's probably a lot of families seen it too because yeah. the Five Nights at Freddy's. I think I I was a little older when those games really hit, so there's probably a lot of younger people that their parents are taking them to see it. So that probably helps the box office too. All right, cool. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will be back very shortly with another episode of Fresh Cuts. So until then, let's say bye to our listeners. Later. Enjoy your trick-or-treating and stay safe, folks. Uh, A lot of crazies out on Halloween, um, and I'll be one of them. So look out. I was going to say, stop telling them my plans. (laughs) Ha, ha. Yeah, if if your if your town is experiencing some bloodlust in a competition, it might be Sorry one you don't want to enter. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> Peace.